Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick. It's a nice afternoon with uh, lots of blue sky, a couple of clouds, and actually quite warm. I think it's even warmer outside than it is currently in the rectory. But then again, I haven't been outside for a while. The reason being that I am sick. I've fallen ill uh, about, what is it? 32 hours ago, right after uh, the weekend masses. That is also why my voice sounds a bit muffled, because I'm using a, a mask, because I, I just don't want to take any risk while I'm outside. I'm just waiting for these uh, people on bikes to pass me by, keeping my distance, because all the symptoms that I currently suffer from are symptoms on the short list for COVID-19. I've been uh, out and about for a number of days filming in the south of the country. And uh, of course, I always am very careful, keep my distance as much as I can. Uh, but since I've been traveling for a couple of days, it is almost inevitable that from time to time you get a little bit closer to people than you would like. And well, since I didn't have any symptoms, I, I wasn't worried at all. But uh, towards the end of last week, I started to develop a cough. And it was nothing too serious, and it was just a cough. So I didn't pay it much attention. I have this uh, uh, affliction more often around this time of the year the weather is changing and so I've got a little bit of uh, lung damage from the time that I studied in Rome so every once in a while we'll get some symptoms of light bronchitis and I know that the best way to handle that is to to take it easy to sleep well and to not do any you know anything that is too physically demanding so I just, that's what I did. I just uh, sat down and worked from home uh, to uh, edit quite a few, uh, quite a bit of material for, for the TV show. And uh, I, I just uh, didn't think any, anything of it. And so because of uh, the fact that by around Saturday, the cough seemed to dissipate, I was like, okay, I think I can go and celebrate mass on Sunday, of course, with all the precautions that are necessary and required by our bishops, which uh, includes using a communion screen. It's like a transparent slab of uh, plastic between the priest who is distributing communion and the people that, that want to receive it. And uh, we've, been, we've been applying these measures for months now and so far it's always been going well i think even nationally there are only six cases of infections that are possibly related to to uh, a church service whereas thousands of other infections have been uh, have been linked to uh, people just meeting at home with family or friends so you know 
on on Sunday, I was still feeling quite all right. Towards the evening, when I did um, Mass for Geeks, I started to feel tired. Um, and I also uh, heard that two of my friends, Inge and Hank, were also not feeling that well. We're staying at home just uh, out of uh, precaution. And then in Sunday evening, things really went downhill very rapidly. I was developing a fever. I had a, a headache and the coughing really started to get worse. It's, it, it became this uh, upper respiratory, uh, well, it felt like an infection or something like that. And that night I barely slept. I felt so miserable. So I, th I think I only slept a couple of hours, waking up all the time coughing and feeling miserable. And so yesterday, Monday, uh, that didn't improve at all. And I also heard that uh, one of my friends had been in contact with an older lady who had been diagnosed with COVID-19. Now, of course, that still doesn't mean that it was transmitted or anything. So usually when you order a test, you can, you can inquire, you know, should I warn my friends? And well, the, the expert said to him, well, that's probably not necessary, but just keep an eye on, on things, uh, stay at home, get tested. And on the basis of that test, we'll tell you what to do. However, I was still a bit worried. Like I've, I've been in contact with him. He's uh, also master of ceremonies in the church. So I see him a lot. And uh, it, it, there's always this remote possibility that something jumped over. And uh, so because yesterday things were really not improving and I was actually too sick to work, I uh, decided to, uh, to make an appointment for a corona test, uh, which will take place this upcoming Thursday, I think. And up until that moment, I'm not supposed to, uh, to be in contact with other people. That is why I'm walking here out, out of town even, you know, wearing a mask at all times. Uh, I won't be able to receive people, uh, work with other people. So all that canceled until I get the result of the test. That's probably gonna be on Saturday. And the reason that I'm walking outside is I just needed to get some fresh air. Uh, Cause in, inside, I don't know, I just, had a headache and it's uh, just needed a, a short break and uh, I think I can take off the mask because there's no one here in the in the area and the road is oh that's much better the road is is uh, much wider here so anyway I uh, this morning I I went back to work because I've got this television deadline to meet um, and uh, I, I would be in bed normally, so this is not an ideal situation, but it's also too late to hand it over to someone else to do the editing for me, because there's only about two days left. 
or now it's about <laughs> one day and a half. Um, and so I, I, can, I can manage, I can uh, 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 put the show together in, in, a, in about a, you know, a day or so, a little bit more than a day. So I'm not too worried, but uh, I just hope that things are not going to be, not going to get worse tomorrow because then I would have a problem if I'm too sick to work. I don't know how to uh, finish a show. I'll, I'll probably just work as much as I can today so that, uh, you know, worst case scenario tomorrow, I'm not feeling well at all, but I can just uh, hand it over as is and they can do the final edit at the broadcasting company. We'll see. Probably not going to happen, but uh, you have to, you have to always think ahead. This is also why I'm super happy that I've filmed a number of episodes in advance in the past couple of days. Because now I have about four episodes left, including the one that I'm currently working on. So that means I, I have a couple of weeks before I have to have new material. So that gives me some leeway to uh, figure out what I'm going to do. And maybe this is all going to be over soon because... It is not COVID-19, but it is uh, the flu or I don't know. But you can't be too cautious, especially now that in the Netherlands, the situation is worsening very rapidly. Yesterday evening, the government gave another uh, press conference. Our prime minister uh, announced a number of national rules and regulations in order to change the curve and because we're already in, the, in a second curve um, in a second wave but we need to get that curve down because it's not even winter and experts kind of expect this to get much worse uh, statistically and so the lower your starting point the the better it will be but it's difficult because everybody has been enjoying these uh, the loosening of the rules not to mention that of course just like everyone else I, you and I are, are sick of the situation and uh, it's, it's very tough to constantly stay focused and uh, keep your mind on being super careful and keeping distance at every everything I think it's, it's normal that uh, many of us are are not as cautious as they used to be which of course gives the virus uh, just more occasion to to spread um, what struck me was that yesterday they were already announcing that this if these new measures don't work and they're still relatively light compared to some other countries for instance there is no obligation to wear a mask it's just a recommendation uh, the experts in my country are not convinced that the masks make that much of a difference and it could give people a, a false sense of security so so far they've always told us that it's only necessary in situations when you can't keep uh, you know a, a, the regular distance of about a meter and a half for instance if you are using the train or the bus but yesterday they said uh, just to avoid any unnecessary travel and we're back at the general recommendation that everybody should work from home as much as possible and only travel if there is no other way. So for me, that is also going to be a bit, um, 
well challenging i think if uh if the situation does get worse because my current television work is based on the on the premise that i'm that i'm traveling by bike <laughs> so i'll have to be maybe a little bit more creative than i thought in order to uh, uh film the rest of the season but we'll see we'll take it as it is and well there's there's no use worry wor it's no use worrying about tomorrow uh we'll just we live now and we just have to be prudent and wise in, in, at this time so uh on sunday i uh i also preached a little bit about this because of course people are worried about the situation and uh i encouraged uh the faithful to be very considerate to be extra careful in these times because well we're we don't live alone we we always have to carry each other we need each other in these times of of great uh distress worldwide etc etc and then halfway through my sermon this was in the second mass this lady in the back of the church stands up and starts gesturing and then storms out of the church clearly angry i was like okay i'm not sure what happened there but she was clearly upset about something that i said and then uh, at the end of mass i went outside just to wish my parishioners a, a good sunday of course again keeping my distance and this lady was still there as was another lady and the both of them started to attack me on what i had said for different reasons the lady that stormed out of the church during my homily said that i was uh scaremongering i was uh, uh believing all the nonsense that the government was presenting us and uh, she knew from her own personal research that there was much more uh, at work and that uh well just the usual conspiracy theories uh and she berated me that as a priest i wasn't wiser so clearly not really based on something i said because the only thing i preached was in these times where the virus is is re-emerging we have to take care of each other and and be extra careful and extra prudent but it's probably just based on what she wanted to hear or what she thought she'd heard um, and there's nothing i can change about that so and then the other there was another woman who started to berate me because of the bible translation that i had used which of course i have no choice in and she said well this was all uh hostile towards women and it showed uh the words that were used in translation were clearly um made by by male tra uh, translators and anyway this whole rant about the church being uh su suppressing women or oppressing women <sighs> and so i had these two ladies <laughs> and they took turns in you know criticizing me and then finally went away uh and I think I was a bit uh it was the first time that I met someone who clearly I think misunderstands the relationship between faith 
and science. Because one of the things that she said, you're a priest, you're supposed to tell people that if they have trust in God, they won't get sick. Because if you truly believe, if you're a true believer, then you are safe and you will not get the virus. And I, I'm like, while she is telling me that, I'm thinking of Han Solo in The Force Awakens. I'm like, that's not how the Force works. <laughs> that's not how faith works. Of course, trusting God, uh, having faith, very important values. I would always preach them. But that doesn't mean that they replace the other gift that God has given you, besides faith and hope and love. And that's also a set of pair of brains and scientists and research and, and, and you know, all that is just as much a gift of God and something that he hopes we will use to protect each other and to heal the world as, as is faith. And you can never oppose these two. And when the scientists and everyone who is, has been studying this for, for months now, and of course uh, a lot of these experts are lifelong scientists and have done a ton of research on uh, viral diseases, when they tell us to be careful, to keep distance, to wear masks, to, you know, all that, then of course we should listen to that. And of course I should preach that and never tell people to just throw out your, uh, <laughs> throw science and experience out of the window and just putting your cards on faith alone. That's just not how it works. It would be irresponsible. And there are so many examples in history of situations where people were using faith to mislead others to do crazy things. Think of these sectarian movements where the gurus sometimes could convince people that they would be immortal. And so, yes, you can totally shoot yourself and you'll still be okay. And it, it is a, it's a recipe for disaster. And then when, uh, when people come up with all these biblical passages, well, what, do you, what about all these people that have been healed by Jesus, by miracle alone? Why is that not... Why shouldn't that be part of our faith as well? I'm thinking Jesus never uh, does miracles as, a, as magic tricks, nor does he tell us to only rely on miracles. Jesus always does miracles to point towards a message. The message is that God is stronger than death, that he as the Son of God has the power over life and death, that he is, you know, uh, that, that he is inspired by the life-giving Holy Spirit. And sometimes Jesus heals people that everyone else kept at a distance. And think of the people that are suffering from leprosy where Jesus is also making a statement in uh, bringing these people back into the community because they've been excluded from the community and from any help and support by the people that were not 
that were trying to protect themselves from from that illness. So uh, often, and, and also sometimes you see Jesus healing uh, sick people while keeping his apostles at a distance. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I feel that it is a simplification of our relationship with God to think that we can just replace the doctors and uh, anything else, human help, by divine intervention. It's almost lazy. It's like, you know, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to follow these measures. I can just walk around without a mask and without really worrying about infecting other people because God protects me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like so many armies in the past that said, God is at our side, so we will win. (laughs) Are you sure that you really know what God's plan is and where he... Where he wa- what he wants you to do? Have you really asked that? Or is this just doing what you want and then putting the label blessed by God on it? <laughs> it was interesting to uh, meet someone who was so... Um, and another thing that I noticed was um, you cannot reason with these people, at least not in that situation where they're angry. So my... Uh, strategy or my approach was stay calm I'm not going to convince this person Um, I can just try to communicate patience and the and the willingness to listen so I didn't I didn't uh, challenge her or or uh, raise my voice or anything I was like okay well thank you for for uh, communicating your concern and I can see that this is... Wait, I have to scratch my ankle here. I think I've been bitten by a mosquito. It's already getting late. Uh, but uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. And, well, uh, I suppose there are different ways to look at this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're not going to convince each other. But uh, well, just staying calm staying friendly and uh, and then ultimately they just went away I think that <laughs> that was that was the result that, it, that that was the best result that I could get in that uh, in that moment and now of course we'll just have to stay calm or I'll just have to stay calm and uh, they were uh, working on on the upper floor in my in the rectory <laughs> I still don't have a toilet or a bathroom because they were uh, they were refurbishing it and so unfortunately it's going to be postponed another week because I don't want to have anyone in my house right now they were going I think they were going to wrap up things uh this uh, this week but oh well what is a week <laughs> it's just a week <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> So, for the rest of the week, I'm not sure what I'm going to do work-wise. I'll probably have to reschedule a number of uh, meetings that I had put in my calendar. Because uh, usually in the afternoon, my energy levels are going down quite a bit. Plus, I have so so much of a headache. I can't really think straight. Um, and I'll just... I'll see what I can do. 
I'll just work a little bit. If I feel like it, I'll record a podcast. If I can't find the energy, then I won't. Uh, but at least you know why that is. And uh, and then I'll have, I don't know. <clears throat> what can I do? If this is COVID, which I hope it's not, but it could be. If it is COVID, then, then there are definitely going to be some consequences. Because it means that I won't be able to uh, celebrate Mass for the foreseeable future. It's also pretty difficult to, to predict how that disease develops itself. It, it has a ton of different uh, effects on, on people, also depending on age. Um, the, the, your situation, your health situation beforehand. Um, and fortunately, I'm, I was in pretty good shape, or <laughs> not this week. There's even last week I didn't go out for a run um, because I don't think it's uh, well. Even if it if it's just a cold or a mild flu, then it's not advisable to do any physical exercise. But I had been training quite a bit uh, over the past few months, and so I I think I'm you know pretty fit. Hopefully that will also help get over this uh, faster or maybe diminish the consequences. We'll see. There is really nothing I can predict about that. But uh, it would have consequences, of course, for the, for the church uh, because, that, that, well, we, we don't have that many priests and I'm already scheduled to do a number of masses in the next couple of weeks. And, of course, I'm absolutely not going to do that uh, while I'm carrying a virus even if this is not covid if it's just the flu i don't i wonder if i'm already better towards the end of the week we'll have to wait and see i think if you have been without any symptoms for a few days then it's safe to assume that you're you're cured or that you're no longer at least you're not contagious anymore <clears throat> but uh even then, we'll have to see if I go out immediately and film some more, or I don't know, it's just crazy. That's the downside of this TV work. There's always this deadline for, uh, for, for months, for several months. And even though I, I did work ahead, I, I wasn't able to do everything <clears throat> in advance, even though that was kind of my, my, uh, my wish. Or my plan was to film all these episodes already in the month of May. But because of the spread of the virus, that just didn't work. I couldn't do it. And for the rest of the season, it, it remains to be seen what the, what the, how, what, how, the, how the situation will evolve. Because it could very well be that three weeks from now we're going to be in a national lockdown anyway. Of course, as a reporter slash filmmaker, I would be able to travel and I would be able to film because I'm exempt from, you know, uh, uh, the, the lockdown as far as my work is concerned. But then good luck finding people who want to be interviewed. <laughs> good luck finding something to film when everybody is at home, <laughs> locked up in their houses. <clears throat> 
Uh, oh well. The thing is, if and that's something that I, I think is a result of having worked in, in the media for so long, you always learn to, to work with what you have. It's like cooking. If uh, the fridge is empty and you only have a few ingredients, what do you do? Well, you just Google a, re a recipe with what you have. And sometimes that leads to surprisingly good results. And the same is true with these, uh, with these episodes. And how often haven't I recorded a, uh, a podcast really not having had time to prepare anything? And uh, you just start and something something just emerges. I don't know how it works. With the homily is the same thing. Oftentimes I, I don't really know what I'm going to preach about, but it just forms while I'm while I'm talking. So I have some some last resort ideas for uh, for the TV show. I've still got a ton of material from that trip that I made to China with my mom. Uh, of course, that is not recent material, but only a fraction of that journey uh, has been on TV. And there is enough definitely for about three or four episodes. If I just add narration, it can still be very compelling, a compelling travel story. Oops, there's a big white truck. It's trying to uh, <clears throat> turn here. But because it's so long, of course, I have to move over to the left side so I can make the turn. I have so much more compassion for truck drivers since I started playing Euro Truck Driver myself, this uh, truck simulation. <clears throat> There's also an American version that I've been playing quite a bit. <laughs> so I know how tough it can be on these small country roads to... Uh, to get where you need to be, especially if there's traffic coming from two sides like there is now. Oh well. That's another thing that I, would, I wouldn't mind having a bit more time for, is just to play some video games. <laughs> so if I really get sick, I was like, oh, I have time to read, I will have time to watch TV, I will have time to play games. But then of course I had never take into account that when you're sick you don't feel like doing anything you just want to be in bed <laughs> so this whole romantic idea of being ill and lying in bed and having a nice cup of chicken soup and hot tea and all that is you know post illness romanticism because usually you feel terrible you don't even have the energy to go downstairs to the kitchen and make chicken soup uh, not to mention that I don't even have the ingredients right now. So, oh well. What else could I uh, talk about? Mm, I wonder. I just love the way nature starts to look now. In the fall, still some, some flowers in, in some of these... Uh, Farm in, in the near the, the in the gardens of the farmhouses. There's an apple tree there in the garden. Ooh, someone is cooking. Oh, that smells good. This smells like old-fashioned just 
old-fashioned Dutch kitchen or cuisine I should say oh this, uh, this smells so good I'm getting hungry this is definitely meatloaf or something hmm now I'm hungry thanks for that <laughs> of course the fact that I have to uh, that I can't go anywhere now that well except for walking outside when there's no one around I can't go to the supermarket I can't do any get any groceries so for the next couple of days at least until Saturday I'll have to cook with whatever is left in the kitchen <clears throat> and it's mostly vegetables I have to say I, I got a, a number of these uh, too good to go boxes which I talked about a couple of times in my shows this is basically food that is uh, on the on the verge of being discarded and you can buy it for a, a very reduced price and so I got I think two crates of veggies not so long ago and, and a couple of those veggies were definitely you know I can keep them in the fridge for for a week or so maybe even more but then I don't have that much I, you know Whoa. I don't have meat anymore, I think. Maybe a little. I think, no, I do have some vegetarian stuff that I froze when I bought it some weeks ago. I do have uh, shrimp, too. So, yes, I can, I can probably cook with shrimp. And then there's always eggs. I think I've got four more left, so I can do at least three egg dishes and maybe a rice dish, that, like... For two days I've been uh, eating fried rice and uh, homemade, which I was very proud of. I'm getting better at this Chinese cuisine uh, now that I'm uh, sharing these recipes on Father Roderick to the Max, the show that I record for my patrons. So since I always want to have something like a recipe to talk about, I do put some more effort into cooking. and. Uh, <laughs> So the fried rice, I'm definitely getting there. Uh, so what else could I cook? I have some more of these pre these boxes with prefab stuff that I never get around to using because I, I like to cook with fresh ingredients and so they're just there in the cupboard. <laughs> Maybe that's also for me another reason to uh, why is that car stopping next to me? I don't know. Maybe she needs to turn around. So uh, maybe I'll 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 uh, finish some of those uh, some of some of that stuff that is in the cupboards. Yeah, I should have some more. A lot of it does require an oven. That's another thing that uh, un unfortunately is uh, not available to me will be in the new kitchen. I'm so excited about that. They're going to bring the, uh, the, um, the, the boxes and everything that's necessary for the kitchen. I think this upcoming Tuesday. So a week from now. Uh, it's, I bought it at Ikea's. Uh, but of course, it's Ikea. So you have to build everything yourself. And it is quite... Uh, Quite an endeavor <laughs> but it does also come with uh, with an oven and I can't wait to be able to bake again 
I haven't been able to do since I left my previous rectory in the center of the, of the city. Fortunately, Inge has an oven and oftentimes will bake some good stuff, cakes or scones the other day. So uh, I'm not completely deprived of uh, baked goods, but I also would love to be able to extend my culinary activities towards, uh, you know, the, the, the baking stuff. Never been a forte of mine anyway. Because, uh, probably also because my mom didn't, didn't bake that much. Across the road here. But you're never too old to learn, right? And if I have COVID and I'm, I'll be in, in quarantine for two weeks, and I'll have to do all the cooking myself. <laughs> so I'll have plenty of material for upcoming, upcoming episodes of Father Roderick to the Max. Uh, I do try one of one of my uh, uh, how'd you call that? Sorry, I'm getting a little bit uh, you know cloudy, fuzzy in the brain, so I'm not. Uh, I can feel my, my energy levels are going down. Probably the walk was a little bit uh, longer than I uh, than I planned. Uh, one of the things that, I, that was on my list of, of changes to make in my life was to stop working every day at five and to take an hour to read. I bought a couple uh, more fantasy novels and also some science fiction stuff. And I, I really enjoyed reading. Uh, when I was, I, was, I was on a roll for a couple of months reading one book per week. And then I fell off the wagon and uh, didn't, didn't read that much anymore. But I still want to uh, fulfill my, my promise, to promise to myself, the, the commitment that I made. So it means I, I, sh- I want to read some extra. And not just because of this silly goal that I set myself to read one book per, per week, but also because reading is uh, a, a great way to kind of step away from the worries. I, like two weeks ago, I, I realized that I was only thinking about work. Like even in the evening, even while I was watching TV, I was still thinking of work. When I went to bed, I was already thinking of the work that I should do the next morning. And if it's not work, I'm thinking about the, the parish and, and the stuff that's going on there. And uh, not just about the homily, but also about the whole situation with the corona uh, well the, the, our entire mode of operation has changed since the corona crisis and that also occupies my mind and it's like there is really not a moment that I that I'm not thinking about work related stuff now fortunately I like what I do I enjoy my work but it's also good to sometimes not do anything at all and or to focus on something completely different that's one of the reasons that I like to build Lego sets from time to time because Lego was also a way for me to 
take my mind off off the reels in a certain way. <laughs> Instead of just going on and on and on about work, I could just focus on how do I make this fit? And have I really followed all the steps? And it's something... Lego is not very taxing, of course, intellectually, but it does require focus and concentration. And I've always felt a certain benefit of doing that. And then the next day, I would have more energy and more focus for for uh, the regular work. And reading has a similar effect on me. Uh, or at least for an hour or so, if the book is good, it does train the muscle of, of my mind in a different way, in a more creative way. Because when you're reading, especially when you're reading science fiction or fantasy, you have to imagine a world. And so it is you're creating something in, in your mind. Uh, whereas otherwise, you're just solving problems. Oftentimes with work, just solving problems. Even editing, in many ways, is just solving problems. How am I going to tell this story? What comes first? How can I create a, f- a flow in the story? Because you've got all these different interview parts. And not everything that people tell you is in order or is interesting or, or, or matches the story that you want to tell. So it's constantly uh, kind of putting a puzzle together. Whereas the filming, for me, the, I've always said I'm, my, my, my favorite aspect of uh, doing this TV work is the camera work. I love filming and I'm good at it. Um, but it is, uh, uh, it's only pa- just a small part of the, of the job. The biggest work goes into, you know, putting all these shots together, making a coherent story. I'm getting better at it. I'm very glad. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> very glad that I decided to edit myself, at least for now my coat a little bit it's getting warm <clears throat> so in previous seasons <clears throat> I always I did edit some of the episodes myself but I often also hired other people <clears throat> and I was always happy with what they produce and sometimes it's fun to see what someone else does with your material <clears throat> because uh they listen to it with fresh ears and sometimes see a different narrative than I saw myself. That is always the, the most fun, where you think that you, <clears throat> you know what they're going to produce and then they just juggle it around and put it, uh, the emphasis on different things that were said and you get a totally different result. Sometimes I'm even re-listening to the interviews that I did myself and filmed myself and I'm, I'm not even remembering the parts that he editor has highlighted so that is uh, that's fun but for this season especially in this uh, first part of the new format I was like okay I think I can do this myself because I've been filming this in such a way that the editing process should be easier because I'm more formulaic in a certain way I, I really follow this the, I have a almost I have a checklist of stuff that I must have so it always starts with uh, 30 seconds cold open. So it's 
you see me biking and then I announce with a voiceover what this episode is about you show some highlights and after 30 seconds there's another 30 second clip containing some of that drone footage that I shot a while ago uh, with a general introduction so that's 30 seconds is always the same <clears throat> and then there is a 90 second introduction usually with me on a bike <laughs> and I I have a voiceover with some information about the area where I'm biking and a lot of that is not planned when I'm filming it <clears throat> but I just uh, look up uh, on Wikipedia where I am in that episode and try to somehow connect that to the uh, to the overall introduction to the episode and then <clears throat> the first part after that so that's already two and a half minutes and you got part number one which is the first interview it's usually a tour of the premises so this, I'm just giving away my tricks now how I do this because so, the first thing you always want to do when you're telling a story is establishing where you are it's what every writer will do you know it was on a cold misty morning in the mountains of the Himalaya uh, there were five brown tents and one red one from which a light was shining and I'm just making this up as I go with that that's you, you immediately have a picture in your mind that is what I do in the first part of the episode I'd usually ask people to show me around tell me where I am and tell me what they're doing there that is relatively easy to film and it also has the added benef uh, benefit of putting people at ease because I'm not starting with the difficult questions I'm not like so what do you think God wanted you to do <laughs> there usually is not enough trust at the start of my filming for deeper questions like that so I always start with just tell me what you know tell me where where am I show me um, and then after about six minutes it's time for the first break and that usually is a moment of uh, travel again so ideally I would go by bike uh, with that person with a guest to a new location in this case in the episode I'm currently editing that is it's a bit atypical because I'm making a portrait of a family that runs a bed and breakfast and at the same time forms a religious community um, so I arrive there in the evening and then I get a tour of the house I have a dinner with the family they tell me a little bit about how they got there that's a train I won't be taking the train anytime soon now also because of uh, the situation in the country <clears throat> it's very very difficult to keep your distance in the in the train cabins I've noticed so uh, the, the it's a bed and breakfast and then I think I celebrate mass in the evening with family uh, maybe I'll use that as the you know the linking stuff because it's of course not about about the mass itself I'm not going to do show parts well I'm I, I could show something but it's just gonna have some music in the background probably maybe a little bit of voiceover but that's it and then um, I go to bed and then the, the the second part 
is another interview-based part. Um, but then it's more about what do you do? How do you do it? So I try to get them to talk about uh, their activities. Um, sometimes I can even participate in the activities. So in this case, I wake up early in the morning, go to the chapel. There's already part of the family that's there. And then it was the plan that I was going to prepare breakfast for the guests together with the owner of the bed and breakfast. But turns out I was too busy filming. <laughs> so she already prepared everything. And a lot of the guests were already gone. They'd already gone to, uh, to the fantasy festival that was taking place in the neighboring village. There was only one girl that was left there. Uh, so I filmed that the, we brought the breakfast to the bed and to the bed and breakfast part of the house, and then um, we go by bike. We take the bike and and go to the uh, to the festival. Now, an added complication was that because of COVID, uh, there were very strict rules. They only allowed one third of the normal amount of visitors to go in. There were. Uh, different time slots during which you could enter the premises. This was near a castle. Um, and I only got a ticket for myself. I couldn't, uh, wasn't able to arrange a ticket for, um, for uh, Marianne, who was uh, hosting me at the bed and breakfast. Uh, so, well, you always have to be creative. I filmed an interview uh, at the entrance was this, this this bridge over the uh, the water, the canal around uh, circling the the premises? And while I was interviewing her, you see all these people in costumes walking by. So it was actually quite interesting as a as an image. Um, and she had some really interesting things to say about that. She she'd been uh, going herself to these festivals every year and uh, she also hosts a lot of these kids that are going kids are usually they're pretty young they're going to uh, these festivals and so we had a nice conversation about masks and how sometimes wearing a mask can actually help you to be yourself and express yourself because in day-to-day -day life people usually feel very constrained by everything that is expected of them and the younger generation according to Marianne is it's very uncertain about who they are and who they are allowed to be and really looking for their identity. And so sometimes these costumes can kind of liberate them from the pressure, from outside pressure, and they can express themselves creatively. But then when they return to the bed and breakfast, they sometimes just want to talk. And uh, so she listens and she sometimes guides these, these guests and definitely prays for them in the chapel and every once in a while it will also happen that someone will say well hey I feel something here in the house and I don't know what it is and then she tells the guest that there is actually a chapel with the sacrament there and so that's maybe the presence that these people feel and so every once in a while it will happen that people will go to uh, will come to the chapel and have a religious experience. So that's pretty cool. So uh, that is the second part of the interview and then I'll just use um, the footage that I shot during the 
during the festival myself and I'll just put it over on top of the interview which actually is a much easier way to film something than if I would have visited uh, with uh, if I would have gone to the festival with her because then you have to follow her I do interviews in various different places it's much more complicated in, in post-production and then uh, the third part then there's another interruption I'm not sure what I'm going to do like another minute or so where you can kind of as a viewer take in the information that you've just or process the information it doesn't have to be long but you need to always if you just overload everything with information then people don't process it anymore it's like the same for a podcast like this like now I'm talking about how I'm how I edit my stuff and beforehand we were talking about COVID and in between I was just talking about food and about cooking that would be kind of an, it was not planned but it is an intermission nevertheless uh, and so it, with TV works in the same way like the jingles in my in my regular podcast are also that's why that's the reason that I keep these jingles in even though they're a little bit cheesy and there are not that many podcasts that use them Instead, they will often take commercial breaks. And that's the bane of podcasting nowadays, is especially if you listen to the uh, news podcasts, and you get the same commercials over and over and over again. Um, and then usually I'm just listening on my phone with the wireless earbuds, and I can't fast forward <laughs> because then I have to... Uh, I have to get my phone and unlock it and uh, fire up the podcast app that is playing in the background <laughs> before I get to fast forward the commercial is already over. But anyway, and then the third part of, 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 the, of the episode that I'm currently working on is uh, I think more about, goes more in depth. So I'll just talk about uh, the relationship between their faith and the hospitality that they give to the people and what it means for them to have the chapel there and to pray together as a family um, several times per day. Um, and I'll probably just end with that. I, I'm not sure if I have enough visual material for that. So it'll have to be, again, a bit creative. Or maybe I'll just make the part about uh, the festival a little bit longer. Sometimes I can juggle around uh, stuff so it can fill. In total, it has to fill 25 minutes. And then uh, I always end with uh, a conclusion where basically you pull the camera back again and night falls or something like that, or I step on my bike again, and then there's a, a bit, like a short preview of the, of the next episode. So nothing too complicated. But but very much the same format that I've been using for uh, four episodes now. And I like it. This is very liberating in a way. Because when I'm on location, I know exactly what I need to film for. I, I know that for all these different segments, I need material. And also kind of know how long that should be. So sometimes when I'm doing an interview, after a while, I'm thinking, okay, this, that's enough. I have enough good stuff for this middle part so we can just wrap things up which is much more 
relaxing than filming long, long interviews and then sitting there re-listening to everything and wondering, well, why? Why is there so much material? There's so much to choose from. How am I ever going to bring this back to the required amount of time? Uh, so, and, and that is also why I've been able to reduce the time that it takes to put everything together from, from three days to about a day and a half. If I'm totally honest, that is how much time I put in it. It's definitely not the ideal yet because um, originally I thought I well I want to ultimately get to the point where I can film and edit an entire episode in one day. <laughs> but in order to do that, that is probably it's still possible, I think, but it would require much more planning. You need to have ideal circumstances. Because not always, like this time I arrive in the evening, so I have to stay there for the night and then in the morning and then the festival is during the day. So you couldn't possibly film that in, in half a day. So, but, but I'm pretty sure that with uh, su sufficient planning and maybe the help of uh, another cameraman or maybe an editor who is, you know, fast, I think it is possible. And I will continue to push the envelope uh, until I get to that point where I can have an episode in the can at the end of the day. I know it can be done because I've seen it. I think I've already shared this uh, previously, that there was this travel show, I think it was an Amazon Prime. Was it in New Zealand or anything? Anyway, there's like a, three people that are... Uh, it's like a travel show or tourist, not a really tourist base, but anyway, they, they go and explore various areas in the country, do some fun stuff, and all that was filmed in a very loose way. So there's a lot, the crew is part of the, of the interaction, so they make a lot of fun. It's a very different style from what I'm doing right now. But the thing is, You've got one presenter who's clearly well prepared because you need to have something to say, so you need to know what you're talking about. They meet some people, they have some activities, all that has been planned. So a lot of the work is done beforehand. But then everything is filmed in one, in one part of the day, you know, one, one morning probably until lunchtime. And then the editor, there's an editor always with them. They talk about him during the show. And he's putting everything together that same afternoon and then they the, the three of them move to the location for the next day I don't know if that is you know if they film all these episodes like one after another or whether they have a, like a day of rest in between that's possible but when I saw that and it was actually a really fun show to watch I was thinking well you know why not try to emulate that why don't I just look at how they are successful? How do they do it? What, what is their format? How is their workflow? Can I copy that? And it does require me to change my... I'm just going to put my mask back on because I'm back in a village. And so you've got lots of people in the streets. Elderly people. Elderly people as well. Um, and they're like both... There are two pavements on both sides of the road. So. Just wait for this runner to pass me. 
and then uh, hopefully can have an empty stretch of road to go home. Uh, not really. I'll just move to the other side of the street. Um, so the the challenges or the fun aspect is trying to figure out how I can get to that point and you know bringing back bringing down the editing time from three days which was already considered very fast for a TV show like one of the guys who I always hired to do the editing uh, did that in uh, usually took about eight days for him to edit a TV episode Back to the other side again of the road. Uh, so, you know, someone else, but I would only pay for three days of editing uh, because I can edit, the, I, I used to edit these episodes in three days. Uh, so the thing is always, if I can do it in three days, then someone else should do, also be able to do it in three days. If not, I'm not going to hire you. Um, <laughs> and now, for myself, I've been trying to get things to one day. I'm not there yet, but I'm now at one day and a half, so it's already half. They locked the entire door. Uh, three locks here. Another one. Okay, it's getting warm outside now. Okay, sorry about the noise. Lots of parishioners here, which I should also avoid back in my apartment. It's another downside of living in a rectory. Next door to the parish uh, rooms, there are always people there, and there is no real way for me. I can't, I don't have my own entrance or exit, so I have to go through these spaces, and there are some narrow corridors here which are not really corona proof. Anyway. So uh, I'm now at a day and a half of editing. I think that's already pretty good. Maybe I can bring it back to one day if I film even more uh, efficiently. But for now, I'm, I'm pretty content. So I am now at how, how much have I edited? I think I'm at about eight or nine minutes. It means still got 11, 15, 14 to 15 minutes to edit. That's not bad. I'll, uh, I'll upload this episode See if Inga can, uh, can post it online, even though she's also under the weather right now. And also we'll get tested on Thursday. Um, and uh, then I'll just go and do some more editing. Thank you so much for, for listening. And uh, take care. Stay healthy. I will keep you up to date. If you are a patron, then of course uh, you know that uh, the Discord community is also a place where I keep you informed about what I do. And where we can hang out and chat. And if you're not a patron yet, uh, just go to patreon.com slash I'll talk to you guys soon, and uh, God bless.